dogs make the best companions for humans, this podcast aims to help make humans better companions for their dogs. Welcome to the Baru Podcast, a modern lifestyle podcast for dogs and their people. I'm your host, Charlotte Bain. I've been caring for other people's dogs for more than 15 years. And while I've learned a lot in my career, I definitely don't know it all. So I've collected an ever-evolving roster of amazing dog people, and I learn new things from them all the time. guys. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Baru Podcast. In this episode, I talk about Animal Bioscience, a new anti-aging company for pets, originally founded by David Sinclair. David Sinclair is a professor in the Department of Genetics at Harvard Medical School and one of the world's leading researchers on aging and age-associated diseases. I chat with Animal Bioscience CEO Nick Sinclair, Chief Veterinary Officer Ginny Ranko, and Dr. Heather Oxford, a holistic veterinarian who specializes in mobility and anti-aging in our pets. We chat about Animal Bioscience's new supplement, Leap Years, which aims to help slow the effects of aging in our pets. My dog Chance has been taking Leap Years as part of their Compassionate Use program for close to three months now, and I am pretty thrilled to say that we are already seeing some improvement in his mobility and his cognitive function. So let's just jump into the chat. All right, you guys. Well, first of all, thank you so much for jumping on and chatting with me um, about leap years. I will be, I think, the first to say we have been on leap years, my 15-year-old dog, Chance, has been on leap years for, I think, close to almost three months now, I would say. And I can confidently say that I started seeing some subtle shifts in him um, after about two weeks. And I would say that mobility-wise, his mobility has improved slightly. His cognition has improved slightly. And overall, he's just like, his spirit has has kind of lifted a little bit. It's the only way that I can put it. Um, his spirit has lifted a little bit. And so this is kind of pretty exciting stuff for us. You know, he's he's been always doing well at 15, but he was starting to go a little bit, uh, making some poor choices, I would say, cognitively, and, you know, slowing down aches and pains and, and whatnot. So <clears throat> we were really excited to get started on this. And the fact that we're seeing these shifts, like, so quickly after getting started on the leap years, it's kind of mind-blowing. Um, so before we start talking about the science of leap years and a bit about how it works and um, kind of what it is, I want to jump into how what the inspiration was behind leap years and how you all kind of got together um, to create this fabulous supplement for our, for our canine companions. Excellent. Well, thanks, Shelley. Um, so Animal Biosciences was created um, as part of a larger company that was addressing longevity in humans. Um, Animal Biosciences became independent of that company, uh, and we've been looking at targeting aging uh, and age-related decline in dogs. Uh, our first product, as you mentioned, is Leap Years. Um, that came about through uh, science that was developed through uh, Harvard, um, by my brother, David Sinclair, 
who's a leader in the uh, longevity space. Uh, and a lot of this science uh, started in yeast and in mice uh, and was shown to have efficacy in extending lifespan. Uh, as those molecules were used uh, to you know, move into human trials, we established animal biosciences to translate that science to help longevity in pets. Um, over the last five years, we've spent a couple of years developing the molecules, uh, making sure that they're safe, well-manufactured, and then we spent about three years doing trials uh, to make sure that they're effective and to prove that they work. Um, so you know, animal biosciences really grew out of a love, our love of animals and wanting to them to be around longer. Um, and the great thing is being able to translate this science to these dogs means that, uh, you know, the results that you're seeing, we're seeing across the board with the dogs that we're treating. And it's a really great feeling to help old dogs when there's so few treatments for old dogs. Right. So how did you, how did you and Ginny come, um, collaborate? Yeah. So, um, uh, when Animal Biosciences was owned by the parent company, uh, we were establishing a pathway to therapeutics okay. um, and drugs rather than supplements. Um, we, uh, through a mutual friend, uh, we got introduced to Ginny, who at the time was running a small and large animal hospital uh, here in Massachusetts. Um, and Ginny joined as a consultant, advising us on the animal health industry, um, in general animal health, and helping us establish what sort of things we needed to look for in our program of developing these molecules. Right. Um, safe to say that uh, a few years into that, Ginny decided that uh, our company was uh, a lot more exciting than running a hospital. <laughs> um, and that was in 2019 when Ginny came on board. Oh, gosh, right before um, the pandemic. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we've had some tumultuous times. Um, our our company... Um, Increased in size, then decreased in size. Sure. At one stage, it was just Ginny and I, um, you know, literally working out of our home offices uh, through the pandemic and getting this this company off the ground. But you know, with investment from some great angel investors um, and a lot of hard push, we've been able to take it from that all the way through to the company that it is today. So it's been great. I'm sure Ginny has plenty to say about that. That's fantastic. About coming on board. Sure. Well. Um- you know, Nick tells Nick tells the story of how we uh, began to work together. Uh, but from my perspective, you know, as a veterinarian, you don't often get a chance to impact the profession in a broad way. And uh, the whole business about changing the paradigm of aging and uh, looking at senior dogs in a new way, giving them a longer health span was so exciting that this is really something new for the whole veterinary profession right. as well as pet parents. Yeah. Um, but it was such a great opportunity. It was, it was hard to resist. Yeah. So Heather, Dr. Heather, how did you and Ginny and Nick all connect? Oh, that's an interesting story. I met actually David Nick's brother, um, mm -hmm. through a client of mine in 2019. And, um, David started talking to me about this new company that he was founding called Animal Bioscience and just 
informing me about what their vision was and what kind of research they were doing and what they were looking to try to do for companion animals um, in the near future. And he then put me in touch with Nick and Ginny, and then they further educated me in the product that they are developing. And I've just been somewhat obsessed with anti-aging medicine for humans and pets ever since then. I love that. And you're the reason that we, you you know, you were the one that introduced Chance and I to the, yes, um, the products. So supplements. So we are grateful to you for that one. Um, Oh, thank you. I'm just so happy to have something that um, is showing so much improvement in our pets. I can imagine. So can we talk about how it works and what exactly it is. Can we talk about the science behind it in in ways and terms that maybe those of us who don't aren't scientifically minded would understand? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you want to answer sure. that? Sure. Um, so leap years is a two part system that works mm-hmm. uh, at the cellular level. So it works in every cell in your body. Okay. Um, as we age, there's a enzyme in every cell that declines it's as we age from about middle of age, uh, mid age uh, this enzyme declines and every cell needs this enzyme to function properly and if you remember back to your science days of the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell uh, and generating energy within the cell this enzyme exists within your mitochondria and as it declines your mitochondria starts uh, not functioning as well as it should, and it leads to mitochondrial dysfunction. Now, the things that go on in your mitochondria are things like energy production or efficient energy production, um, repair of DNA, um, Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, mutations and those sorts of things, and dealing with mutations within the cell all happen within in and around the mitochondria. So as the health of these mitochondria decline, so does the health of the cell, and if it's every cell in your body, so does the health of the entire animal. So one part of what we do is replaces this enzyme, this coenzyme, which is called NAD. The other part to our uh, two-part system uh, is a thing called a senolytic. So senolytics are cells in your body um, that essentially should have died and don't. They stick around. They're often known as zombie cells. Um, Right. (laughs) And these zombie cells float around. Now, it's good to have some zombie cells in your body. They're there for um, immunity. They're there for wound healing. They do have some purpose. Uh, But if there's too many of them, they actually cause uh, levels of inflammation and they secrete um, uh, proteins and other things that can even inflame the cells around them and make them senolytic cells or have senescence. Um, So molecules have been identified to start taking or to take these uh, senescent cells out of the body. Um, okay. And that's done in a, a pulse dose. So it's not take it every day, it's take it once off and then again once off and it clears out these senolytic cells. So the combination of clearing out the senolytic cells that cause inflammation and consume this NAD molecule, so as it's declining, the senolytic cells are also eating it up, using it up. So when we clear out the senolytic cells and the inflammation, and then add the NAD in, that NAD is going to all the good cells and is being used up to revitalize 
the mitochondria in the good cells. When we revitalize every cell, we see that across the body. So that could be muscle in, um, improvements because it's revitalizing the muscle cells and making them more efficient, work better. It can increase blood flow as the mitochondria um, get you know, more stimulated, more mitochondria. Um, we can see it, you know, as you said, in cognition. We're seeing results mm -hmm. where these molecules um, can be affecting the mitochondria in the cells in the brain, but also affecting blood flow to the brain. Um, right. So we don't necessarily, with these molecules, target any one disease. What we do is target the underlying cellular processes that we decline as we age. And we can revitalize those cellular processes, and hence we see revitalization of the animal. So it's uh, it started as a as a we think we can increase activity in dogs, get them give them a little bit more you know, energy or a little vim or vitality. And as we've done our trials, we've actually been increasingly surprised of what the total effect is. It affects sleep, it it affects um, uh, activity. You know, it affects um, what we what we see is motivation. The dogs want to get up more, even if they're declined and aged. They have more want to get up. Um, so it's it's been a very interesting journey, and uh, the science has you know, shown to prove itself effective as we've moved through it. So it's been great. What is what has been one of the most surprising things that you've discovered? That something maybe you didn't expect. I think that's in your trials. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we've done this double-blind placebo-controlled trial in mm -hmm. older dogs. So these are mm -hmm. uh, pet parents who bring their dog uh, to the hospital uh, to enter this clinical trial. Okay. And so we compare dogs uh, that get a placebo to the dogs that get the treatment. And interestingly, in the beginning, this is a, a six-month trial. And okay. in the beginning, there seems to be a placebo effect, meaning that Anytime a pet parent gives something to their, their dog, maybe we perceive that they're getting better. So we were very interested in that. We were surprised. You know, how do you get a placebo effect in a dog clinical trial? Uh, but over time, um, the two groups, the control group and the treated group, really uh, change, meaning that uh, what you're observing, uh, Charlotte, in, in mm -hmm. your dog is um, similar that this joie de vivre, this, this, uh, as Nick describes it, this uh, motivation uh, to mm -hmm. be uh, m moving more and to have more engagement. I think the most mm -hmm. surprising thing for us was that dogs are more engaged with their owners. So sometimes when dogs get older, they may sleep more during the day. Yeah. They may have restlessness at night. Um, the other thing that we see is that it has an impact on the circadian rhythm of dogs. Now, the circadian rhythm is when you sleep and when you awake. Mm -hmm. So we are seeing that dogs sleep more soundly. Mm -hmm. And then during the day, they're more active than they had been when sometimes the older dogs get mixed up about day and night. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, se that was a very interesting finding as well. That's fantastic. So what about you, Heather? What are some of the most amazing results that you've seen in your clients that are on Leap Year's? Well, I have seen, I was a bit surprised. I, I, I felt confident that the product was going to work, but I was, I was a bit surprised by how quickly it worked. Yeah. Um, and in the older patients. So my, 
my large dogs that are on it that, <clears throat> you know, are 14 to 15. I've even got a 17-year-old patient that's on it. Me too. They, yes. And those patients, the older they are, it seems like the faster the owners report some sort of change to me, which is right. really, really cool. Right. Um, yeah. So I've seen dogs start sleeping through the night within seven to 10 days of being on it. I've seen, I've had one owner tell me that their dog was running through the backyard like a horse. <laughs> like <Yeah. with> all <laughs> of, <laughs> you know, like seemed to have good coordination and, yeah. um, and this is a dog who's you know, fairly wobbly and has, mm-hmm. um, you know, decreased uh, mm-hmm. coordination. Clients tell me that in their dogs who were previously not eating breakfast anymore for months, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. within 10 days of starting leap years, they started having a voracious appetite in the morning, uh-huh. which yeah. leads me to believe that they're probably getting better sleep. Maybe they're mm-hmm. Hormone regulation is improving, and that's what's improving Mm -hmm. their appetite, possibly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I had the probably the most extreme uh, response that I've had, or the the most extreme um, observation, is in a 15-year-old smaller dog who had, yeah, so who had... Uh, lenticular sclerosis, which I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that is mm-hmm. the bluish hazy change that happens in the eyes of older dogs. Mm-hmm. So right in the in the black pupil, it yep. stops being completely crystal clear black and it starts changing to like a haziness. It's not yeah. the same as cataracts, but yeah, I was gonna add that's that, just yeah. an aging change that happens in the eye. And the client sent me a before and after picture, which was 10 days difference. And the the haziness in the eyes definitely seems to be decreasing. So it was something oh, completely gosh. unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know. We I don't think we'll ever be able to figure out if it was completely the the supplement sure. that's doing it, right. but it is, right. we know that it's an aging change and we know the supplement yeah. is targeting those aging mechanisms. So mm-hmm. it could, it could quite possibly be the reason <laughs> for the reversal in the eyes. Um, I'd like to think so. I will say that I forgot to mention that the other day, my dog always gets very excited when he meets a dog on, on a walk, right? It just, he loves dogs and he has from the get go. And he usually gets a little bit of a zip in his step if he meets a new dog. He met a new dog on the walk and then took off running full bore. He's 15 years old, full bore. I'm not kidding. Like he was two years old. He's staring at me right now because he knows I'm talking about him. He fit like, he, I had him on leash and I, he almost pulled me over. He was going as fast as he possibly could down the block and around the block. And I was like, oh, you are going to really be hurting like <laughs> the next day. But he, actually, he wasn't. He was totally fine. It was pretty incredible. And I can only, I mean, the only thing that I can think of is that somehow the leap years had this effect on him. Anyway, as you can tell, I'm a huge fan. So <laughs> well, you know, that, uh, it's, it's good to hear this because yeah. uh, this has been our observation. And, and these are, you know, in our clinical trial, we're monitoring um, 
cognition. We're looking at memory. Okay. We're looking at executive function. And what you're describing is what the pet parent is seeing as as a result of improvement in these areas. So do you think that that's like them, do you think like it's a cognitive reaction? They just forget that they're 15 and they're just generally feeling so good Is it, or it's like literally a physical, physically he can run in that way that he hasn't been able to run for, for the last 10 years, or his brain is just sending him a signal that, well, I just that's a great <laughs> question. And, um, you know, mitochondria yeah. are in every cell. Nick was starting to tell, talk about okay. the mitochondria in the muscle. So if you have um, active cells in muscles and you have active cells in the brain and active cells in the heart, you know, this is an end result of, of all of these things. This is what we're talking about is this new idea about cellular health and that the cells mm -hmm. are in every different kind of tissue in the body. So it's hard to answer your question, uh, but I think it is right. an observation that is readily made. And it's, it, That's so it's really interesting that um, a lot of the pet parents that we speak to um, and in our clinical trial have observations of quality of life measures. So we don't specify those in our mm -hmm. trial. Um, we ask them to pick a measure that's important to them and then report on that measure later. It might be my dog used to jump on the couch and they can't jump on the couch anymore. They used to run five miles. Now they're down to one. I'd like them to be back to five miles again. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're finding significant difference in these key measures in quality of life. And it's interesting to see that, you know, the things that make a difference, whether it's engagement or the things that owners really notice, because owners know the most about their dogs than, than anyone else. Right. And we're pet parents after all. Of course, we know every, the most about our, our yeah. animals. <laughs> um, but it's, 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 um, as we assess that or as we you know, get the feedback from this, everybody is noticing a distinct change in quality of life. And as you say, that the vim or the, the want to go and have some activity, it's not just yeah. I'm able to Spirit. have the activity. Yeah. They actually show signs that they want to be more active. Um, so it's interesting. It's not physical or cognitive. I think it's a combination of both. Um, and I think, you know, the same way that any aging dog or caring for any dog throughout its lifespan, there's a lot of factors to it. There's you know, how much exercise they get, what their nutrition is like, what sort of enrichment or you know, stimulation or neurological um, stimulation they have affects the dogs long term. Um, right. Can you say that you know, activity affects cognition? For sure. If you're active all your life, you're less likely to be cognitive decline in your, in your elderly time. Mm -hmm. Um, so is it, is it relational causational? Can't really say, but do we see an effect in all of the things, be it cognition or activity? 100%. And they seem to go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. The more engagement, the more activity, the more activity, the more engagement. Okay. So they fuel each other. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. 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 Well, we've got, we use tracking devices, um, to show the activity of the dogs on the trial. So they wear a tracking collar uh, and we, we measure it over time. And what we found at baseline or the placebo dogs is they're restless at night. They engage with their owners in the morning a little bit. They're restless during the day. They engage in the afternoon. They're restless after that. We found with our treated mm -hmm. dogs um, that they're, they sleep more soundly and then their engagement and their activity when they're in with their owners goes up significantly. So we're actually seeing more engaged, more yeah. activity associated with owner time or parent time 
Um, and then the flat line during the day, they're sleeping a lot more soundly. They're not pacing and restless or the owners are not engaging with them. And again, in the evening, we see another spike and the activity goes up relative to the engagement with the owners. So we can actually correlate data for activity directly with uh, engagement. So again, that are they more engaged so they're more active or are they more active because they're more engaged? When does that aging process start? Yeah, well, that's a uh, that's a great question. Um, and I think the aging process can start really at any time. And a lot of the a lot of the factors that determine aging and our rate of aging um, are different for different dogs, just as it is for mm-hmm. different humans. So we can see our dogs start aging. Um, we can we can see them to start much younger if maybe they haven't been fed a good quality diet. Um, maybe they don't have the the greatest lifestyle. Like maybe they're couch potatoes. Maybe they don't get yeah. very much exercise. <laughs> um, maybe they're overfed. So they're you know we have a we have a pet obesity problem. So yeah. you know we that is a factor and that can that can accelerate aging. So. Um, you know, I think the the onset of aging and the rate of aging is definitely individual and it's based on a lot of different factors. But what we can look for in each individual pet as signs of aging would be signs of decreased strength. And that can manifest mm-hmm. as you actually can look at your pet and see that there are bony prominences now that you maybe never used to be able to see. Like maybe you can Mm -hmm. see the outline of their hip bones now or their spine, which you didn't used to. And that is a sign of muscle loss or atrophy. Um, And that is a huge marker for aging. And another thing would be, you know, maybe the pet is less active, their endurance is, you know, declining. So they're not wanting to take as many walks, or maybe they're not able to take as long of walks. Um, They're sleeping much more, especially during the day. Uh, Maybe they're not sleeping as much at night. This is really common. They kind of, that sleep-wake cycle gets kind of flip-flopped. So Mm -hmm. they're out most of the day, but then they're like up all night. Um, (laughs) There are changes in their appetite. Uh, You know, so where they're not, like, like I was saying, like they're not wanting to eat as much in the morning. They have no appetite in the morning. And then they have like increased appetite during the afternoon and evening. And that seems to be all linked with that sleep-wake cycle disturbance. And it's actually, there's actually um, a change in their cortisol levels, which is really important. And that's a really important hormone um, when it comes right. to aging. So, you know, and it happens in people too. It's, you know, the, sure. the, the, when we're supposed to have the most cortisol is the morning time because we're waking up, there's some stress, um, and the cortisol gives us that resistance to stress. Um, and if we're not sleeping through the night, we don't have that. And so pets and us will have a, will have a harder time getting through our day. Um, so that's yeah. a, that all this stuff seems to be linked and we're finding out more and more in the current research that's coming out pretty much daily when it comes to yeah. anti-aging. But those are just, you know, some more, um, you know, more um, prominent signs that you can look for in your pets. Is there is there a an age that a dog should start 
something like leap years? Um, or is it, is it, have you found that it works better in older dogs or you should start them young to, you know, prevent the aging? How does, yeah, a- what is the science telling you about that? Well, um, interestingly, we see the greatest effect in the oldest dogs. Now you may say, okay, um, they have the most mitochondrial dysfunction in their cells. They have the most senescent cells. So when you fix both of those problems, maybe they see a bigger improvement. We see that for sure. Now the question is, you know, when do you start something like this? And ideally, you know, you would start it before you see any cognitive decline or any decrease in activity to preserve that baseline of where they are. Uh, So I would say uh, the earlier, the better. Um, You know, you you don't have to start it in a a two-year-old, but depending on, you know, what the diseases are that a dog may have, you know, someone with uh, arthritis from bad hips uh, being of a certain breed or something Mm -hmm. like that, Um, or, you know, any older dog, once, uh, once a dog is considered older, and that's varies by breed, of course, uh, then I would say that would be the the time that you'd want to uh, implement this. We've read that you're considered an an older, like a senior dog starting at seven, right? And you're saying that that varies depending on the the breed and size of the dog or is it? Right. I mean, of course, if you're a seven-year-old Great Dane, you're at a really elderly uh, Great Dane versus... uh, Do you have any Great Danes in your study? Interestingly, most dogs in our clinical trial, so we have several different types of studies going on, but in the clinical trial, uh, most dogs are between uh, 25 and 45 kilograms. So that's those, that's, you know, 60 to 80 pounds. So they're all, there's a large proportion of large dogs. Yeah. Um, So anyway, yes, that seven seems to be a magical number, you know, when we start feeding maybe senior diets and that sort of thing. Uh, But if you if you're a a larger breed dog, it is a lot earlier. Yeah. So we recommend, I think, you know, as a rule of thumb, preventative starts around midway through their expected lifespan. So if they're a, you know, if their expected lifespan is 10, you would start four or five. Their expected lifespan is Sixteen, then you're going to be starting around seven or eight. Um, having said that, you know you can start earlier of that, earlier than that. Preventatively, you may not see any re- any change because it's warding off decline. Right. It's prophylactically warding off decline as opposed to a, uh, addressing something that's already an issue. Um, around two thirds of lifespan is when we really start seeing a decline in dogs and start seeing really significant change, like. Uh, the effect of these dogs. So once you're getting to about three quarters of lifespan, that's when people are really starting saying, my dog is old, he's really decrepit, he's really going downhill. And those are a lot of the dogs that we treat. Um, and that's where we see the most bounce back. I mean, it's, I guess it's all relative to baseline. The further away they are from the baseline of a healthy dog, the more we right. can you know, bring them back closer to that baseline. You know, Nick, thanks for bringing that up. Um, AHA, which is the American Animal Hospital Association, they recently put Mm -hmm, out a guideline mm -hmm. um, on this business about two-thirds of the lifespan, you know, that you, uh, instead of saying seven years old or, you know, how old a dog is based on numerical year, as Nick said, two-thirds of a lifespan puts you in that senior category. That makes more sense, right? Yeah. So two thirds of the lifespan, based on their breed, 
Based on their breed. Okay. What if they're mixed up recipe? Yeah. Well, (laughs) mixed breed dog. Like my my dog, too. You got to sort that one out. (laughs) Get the DNA test and find out what their breeds are, right? (laughs) It's a real crapshoot over there. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly 15. Well, that's hybrid vigor for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So, how, how, well, this is just so fantastic. So, how can this improve? the human-animal bond, right? How can this improve the quality um, of life of our pets, obviously, but how can it improve our the bond that we have with our pets and the expectations that we have of our pets, right. I think? I can Nick, go. Nick, you want to? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, the, I think we, the biggest impact this has on um, human-animal bond is really related to that that sense of engagement. We all know... All of us have experienced an old dog. Um, they tend to disconnect a little more. They're asleep more. They're not willing to, you know, follow you around, do the activities you do of your day. Um, but you know, they're more inclined to um, interact with you less frequently the older they get. Um, what we're finding is that that frequency of interaction gets increased, um, and. The time that you spend with your dog increases because the dog has more energy and more time to spend, or more want of um, to be with you. Yeah. Um, but I think the other, the flip side of that is, as our dogs age, it's very difficult to do anything for them. We all have that sense of, what can I do for my aging dog? Um, often we treat right. disease, we treat the symptoms of disease, um, and then we there's not much else we can do. We just say, okay, it's there's a lump. Let's remove it. They're, you know, they've got diabetes or they've got an issue that we can treat. But apart from that, the old my dog is just slowing down. There's never been anything to actually treat that or do anything about that. Um, right. Right. That ability to do that for your dog, I've found, is you know, improves that human animal bond. That ability to be able to help them give back what they've given to you, that's huge. Um, and increasing the activity and that that engagement in that moment and throughout the day is, you know, really makes a difference in an old dog's life. So, I think that's the the biggest improvement for the bond. Well, Charlotte, you you know, right? You know what it's like to have an older dog. Like, you're you might yeah. be worried that the time is growing short. You may want yes. to provide everything you possibly can to provide comfort. And that, just yep. those things in and of themselves, improves the human-animal bond. And when we were talking about, right. you know, what what is leap years? And we said, well, it's more mm-hmm. life in your dog. And then, yes. then all of a sudden it came to us, and it's more dog in our lives, right? So it's, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And so that's how we get filled up with our older dog is that they are more with us and more engaged. And so more satisfying for the relationship between us. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it can be anxiety producing when you have a, an old dog and you don't quite know how you can help them. You do all you can. Um, and it kind of takes, it does take a little bit of that anxiety away knowing that I'm, you're seeing these changes right. in him. Right. I still know that he's old. I still know that he's right. 18. But seeing that he's got a little bit more vim and vigor, right. you know, helps alleviate some of my anxiety. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, that's the whole idea is uh, to improve what we're calling the health span. You know, that it's yeah. an older dog, but remains healthy. 
you know, maybe remains disease-free yeah. or forestalls some of those very common diseases of aging. Yes. Right. I was just going to say it was interesting when we started this journey, we were actually looking at increasing longevity. So we're going to increase lifespan. Right. And it very, very quickly became apparent that nobody wants to expend lifespan if health span doesn't get extended. With right. It. It's about the quality of life. Nobody wants an old, sick dog longer. Right. What we want is healthier dogs. And if that makes them live longer, then all the better. I mean, that's that's the ultimate. Right. Um, so we very quickly set down a pathway when we were developing Leap Years to say, how does this help your dog enjoy life more? It's not about more of it. It's about enjoying what they've got. Right. Um, and the great what we think is and what we're seeing in some of the dogs that have been on it a longer time is they do have a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they still get old yeah. and they still pass yeah. away. But you know that it, that last little bit's been, you've helped them along in that last little bit. And that's what we focus on. It's that quality piece, right. not the extension. That's about the quality of it. Right. So. Is there any dog that this is not a good fit for? Um, are there side effects or dogs who might have allergies or anything like that? Well, uh, that's a great question and a very important one. And uh, both yeah. of the compounds that make up leap years are natural products and uh they're found you know if you ate enough apple skin uh or if you <laughs> uh you know so they're found in <laughs> lots of food products um so they are safe and we've tested leap years up to 30 times you know so that if a dog ate a whole jar of all the chews you know what would happen right and so uh it was very reassuring to see that there's no effects uh in in regard to that uh, so yes, so we we're we're pretty uh, confident around the safety of leap years. And the nice thing is that the leap years product um, can be given with most anything that senior pets are going to to be on supplement wise. Right. Like most of right. their issues are going to be like joint related um, and discomfort related and antioxidants and things like that. And so this. Um, the leap years, um, you know, is a, it's a safe product and we don't have to worry about, um, you know, like a major drug interaction or something like that. Right. That was going to be my next question. So, and we, we specifically, yeah, we specifically chose ingredients, um, that a are palatable for dogs, but there's no uh, animal proteins in there at all. These are all compounds that are low allergenic, we can't say hypoallergenic, but low allergenic, mm-hmm. proven to be safe in animals uh, without animal protein. So, yeah, we've made sure that we address that. We know that there's a lot of dogs out there with allergies of yeah. various sorts. Right. Um, so we're very cognizant of that when formulating the product to make sure yeah, and, we had them all covered. And sensitive tummies. And it doesn't, my dog has a super sensitive tummy. He's thriving mm-hmm. on these. I mean, he's had no, nothing adverse happen whatsoever. Good to hear. So. Yeah. We're your well, best I'm, testimonial. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've had quite a few veterinarians tell me that they smell really yummy and they'd want to eat them. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, what would happen if okay, we, that's a whole other podcast, that but what if we ate them? What would happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks so much, you guys. Is you do you have anything that you wanna add? Yeah, that's it. No, I, I'm glad to hear uh that uh your human-animal bond has improved as a result of it. Well, we couldn't ask for more than that. So kudos to you. Well, thank you so much. And so moving forward, how do people 
how do people come to find leap years? Well, we found them through Dr. Heather. Um, yeah, we're on the web at leapyears.com. Uh, and we're also on Instagram uh, and Facebook at leap years for dogs okay. with the number four. Got it. So all I'll put all those in the show notes and stuff. All right, you guys. Um, well, thank you so much. Thanks, Charlotte. Okay. Well, thanks so Talk much soon. for having Great. me. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for having us. Bye, Bye guys. guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brew Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Brew Podcast. And if you have a story of canine companionship that you want to share with me, a comment, or even a question, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, charlotte, at thebaroo.com. All right, you guys, let's chat next week.